0: Hello, and welcome back to Newfound Pod, a bite-sized podcast about Newfoundland. I'm your host, Debbie Wiseman. This is episode 15, Vera Perlin. First, I want to apologize if you hear a little bit of background noise. It's very windy out today, and it's going to be windy probably for the next three months in Newfoundland, so I figured I might as well record anyway. And I also have a little bunny who has decided that it's time to start chewing on cardboard. So, it's a, there's a little bit of noise in the background. I hope it doesn't bother you too much. So, if you're from Newfoundland, you've probably heard of the Vera Perlin Society. If you haven't, I'll read this from the website. The mission of the Vera Perlin Society is to secure and or provide quality service and support for all individuals with a developmental disability and their families in the St. John's and surrounding areas, enabling them to participate in all areas of community living. We accomplish this by, one, utilizing motivated employees, two, maximizing sponsor, volunteer, and community support, and three, by having strong positive influence on government social policy. And so today I'm going to tell you about the woman who started it all. Uh, Another quick note. Since this deals with special needs kids back in the 40s and later, there are certain words that we no longer use. I think you know what words I mean. Where I could, I changed the words. I didn't change direct quotes or anything, but you'll see that the language reflected on the material that I'll be adding to this episode's blog post. I assure you that it's not being used in a bad way, and it was just the word at the time. So, with that out of the way. Vera Perlin was born Elizabeth Vera Crosby in 1902 in St. John's. She was the daughter of Sir John and Lady Massey Crosby. She attended school in St. John's and Toronto. She later married businessman, historian, and journalist Albert Perlin in 1926. You may have heard some wind there. And together they had a daughter and two sons. Mrs. Perlin was described as a dedicated, independent woman who was an exceptional wife and mother she realized very early the important role parents play in the education of their children while attending classes in england mrs perling got the chance to work with developmentally delayed children to help them receive an education this experience stuck with her she would go on to help establish newfoundland's first home and school association and preside over the Council of Home and School Association. She also served on the advisory board of the United Church Orphanage. In her work with the church, she came across many developmentally delayed children, and she felt very strongly that those children deserved the same advantages afforded to any other child. She was upset that these children were not receiving any kind of education, and she firmly believed that they should be allowed to go to school and be taught by teachers who understand their unique challenges. Orphanages back then not only took children who had been orphaned, but children whose parents could not look after them properly, whether it was because of money or because they did not know how to take care of a special needs child, or both. Once Newfoundland joined Confederation with Canada, there was a little bit more prosperity, but special needs kids were still being brought into the orphanages. In 1954, Mrs. Perlin persuaded the United Church Orphanage to allow her to hold a class for six or seven children in the basement of the building. She got them to fund the experimental school year and chose Molly Dingle to be the first teacher. Molly had just retired from the Holloway School, where she was a teacher and then the principal up until 1952. While opening this school, Mrs. Perlin was also reportedly battling tuberculosis. Her ideas for the school came from her time in England, and she went back there to learn more, and she even sent her teachers over there to train. She brought Miss A.M. Fuller of Wales, an expert in the education of people with developmental disabilities, to Newfoundland for six months to help out with what was now a movement. The classes were a success, and she spent her time organizing those classes and starting more branches of the school outside of St. John's. Children and young adults at the school were not only taught how to read and write, but they were also taught life skills, such as cooking and carpentry work, among other things. With this growth came the need for more space, and in 1959, Mrs. Perlin purchased a house on Patrick Street. The house cost $17,000, and her husband and his business associates helped to raise the funds needed. She enlisted parents to assist in renovations to the building to make it a proper school. Within 15 years, 10 of these schools had been opened throughout Newfoundland and Labrador. Her efforts led to the formation of what is now known as the Newfoundland Association for Community Living. From the website, she believed it was absolutely essential for parents to become involved in all phases of the organization and that parents and teachers working together can make a success of the educational programs. In 1959, To commemorate the visit of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip, the Newfoundland government recognized the efforts of Mrs. Perlin and her associates and gave a yearly grant of $10,000 to help continue the work of the association. The program again outgrew its own base, and in 1966 a multi-purpose building was built on Pennywell Road. The building was named the Vera Perlin School and is today known as the Perlin Center. That government grant continued until 1971, when the government assumed the responsibility of educating children with developmental disabilities. The Association then established classes for preschoolers and an activity center for adults 18 years of age and older at the Pennywell Road School. These days, the Association helps people with disabilities in so many ways. If you were in or near St. John's, the Vera Perlin Center runs the Button Shop, providing custom-made badges, among other things, for all occasions. They provide assistance to clients who are in a time of crisis. They teach computer skills and assist greatly in helping clients secure jobs. They help them to become part of their outside community and learn to live within the boundaries of that community. Along the way, Mrs. Perlin always had the love and complete support of her family. Her husband once said, If we care at all, we must try to leave this world a better place for our having been here. I read an interview with Mrs. Berlin from 1960, and the reporter who had been following along with mrs perlin since the opening of the first school noted how much the children loved mrs perlin she planned vacations around events related to the school and if she had to go away for training or the like she would turn it into a vacation and not take expenses from her school she was at times unfairly accused of taking a large salary when she said that wasn't the case she did not draw a salary from what i could see And, in fact, her job expenses ended up coming out of her own pocket. She and the other volunteers simply worked for the love of the children and the betterment of the children's lives. Here's just a few of the other honors and accomplishments in Mrs. Perlin's life. She was co-founder of Newfoundland's first home and school association. In 1955, she was president of the Regional Council of Home and School Associations. In 1962, she won the first Citizen of the Year Award given by St. John's for outstanding contributions to her community. In 1967, she was one of 11 Canadian women honored as Woman of the Century by the National Council of Jewish Women. From what I read, this one was really special to her. In 1968, she was appointed as an Officer of the Order of Canada for her services to the community and many organizations particularly those dealing with the care and treatment of disabled children. In 1970, she was awarded an honorary LLD by Memorial University of Newfoundland. Mrs. Berlin passed away in 1974 at the age of 72. I'll have links on the blog, so be sure to check that out. And that's it for me today. If you have a topic that you want covered and is something that I can cover in under 10 minutes, drop me a line at newfoundpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everyone, and I'll talk to you soon.